topic. <laughs> this is the episode where Max is going to tell me something I don't know. And also, I am here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Studio guest. I'm the audience as well. Hello. <laughs> He's here to see what you guys feel like. Yeah. He showed up on time. You guys were late. How do I'm you feel about that? Alex is here. He is my fiance and he lives with us and Hello. he's great. And I'm excited that he's here for the story that I'm going to be telling you this week, which is the story of the Comte de Saint-Germain, the Count of Saint-Germain. <laughs> Thank you so much. We were both like leaning in like, are you having a weird stroke? <laughs> so Alex, I know you know a little bit about the Count of Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm. Janie, you also have heard of the Count of Saint-Germain. But... From you, that one time. I'm going to try and go into this as, as (laughs) (laughs) just, you just gotta, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to tell you. You just got to go boneless because there's a lot of information. I have been training for this my (laughs) whole life. Janie's basically boneless. I'm basically without bones currently. (laughs) You're definitely without working bones. (laughs) That's rude. That's somehow more rude than what I said. (laughs) Call me spineless. All you want. <laughs> Say my spine spineless. is broken. It's accurate, but hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> so spineless Janie and regular Alex. <laughs> when I put the sources in the show notes for our episodes, mm-hmm. a lot of times I don't include Wikipedia because I figured that that's kind of assumed. You know, that most of my information that doesn't come from specific sources comes from Wikipedia. It's also something that we has been trained out of us. Yeah. Like we were always told, don't use Wikipedia as a source. And now that I'm older, I'm like, why the fuck not? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it's use a wealth Wikipedia. of information. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can also use it to find your secondary sources yeah. and stuff like that. Go back to like the original things, but it's also a really good idea to get like a big bird's eye view of a subject. So I use it for almost all of our episodes. Same. This is not an advertisement for Wikipedia. But this it is should just be. Leading donate into... money to Wikipedia. Donate to Wikipedia. They <laughs> donate... work so hard. That donate to Wikipedia. Guy. Also donate to us because we're poor and we're dying. <laughs> that one boy works so hard. <laughs> Tom Wikipedia from MySpace. Oh, my friend Mark. <laughs> we lost touch. <laughs> Mark Wickles. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Wikiberg. <laughs> it's Mark Zuckerberg's less evil twin. <laughs> oh. oh, I I'm emotional about Mark Wikiberg. <laughs> so I say this because I started off researching this. I had a little bit of an idea about the topic, but I started off at Wikipedia, as I usually do. And the first line of the Wikipedia article for the Count of St. Germain is that he was born circa 1691 or 1712 and then died in 1784. That's a 21-year age difference in when say. he was born, in case you're counting. Same well, death date? Yes. Yes. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like it was really uncommon for people to live that long back then. That 21-year age difference is, it matters. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... In 1691, he may have been born. He claimed later on in his life to be 88 in 1779. So if you do that math backwards, 1691. Or in 1712, which a Brussels newspaper claimed that he was born in Italy in 1712. Uh, I couldn't find the source that they were using for that. But also it's a magazine from like 200 years ago. So I don't know if they would have cited their sources. I feel like you can believe him over a weird 1700s You would think that, but you'd be wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to tell you the story. Of the man who lied himself into history. (laughs) Oh, I want that title. (laughs) I'm too honest. (laughs) So, the first record that we have of the name, the Count of St. Germain, is in the early 1940s, right? There are, this name starts to pop up in musical circles in London as a very talented musician. Hmm. Um, However, he's still not, you know... Big news, not talked about much. Our first, like, public record of him outside of, like, epistolary sources, like, people writing letters about his performances and stuff like that, Mm. our first public record of him is in December 1745, when the Count St. Germain was arrested in London on suspicion of espionage. Now, Mm -hmm. this was during the Jacobite Rebellion, and he was suspected as being a participant in it. And he's Italian? Mm. He's not Scottish? I'll come back to that. Oh, no. You can also <laughs> I need ask you to stop questions asking. the entire time. No, I will. I need, really likes it. <laughs> I need both of you to stop asking questions because I can't answer them. <laughs> so, he is arrested in 1745 on suspicion of espionage and participation in the Jacobite Rebellion. Probably. We don't have a clear record of like why he was arrested. But he was in jail for several years. Horace Walpole was overseeing him while he was incarcerated. And I, I'm just going to read this quote to you. He has been here these two years and will not tell who he is or whence, but professes two wonderful things. The first, that he does not go by his right name. 
And the second, that he never had dealings with any woman. What? Uh, uh. Nay, nor with any succadadium, which is a substitute for something. Succubus? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, so um, he has had dealings so with a succubus. the only thing he said is like, I didn't sleep with a single I've woman. I've never slept with a woman. Was... I've also never slept with anything that would be substituted for a woman. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is not the Count St. Germain. <laughs> he was arrested during a rebellion and that's what he said? That's uh, so was... weird. They're like, no, but like, <laughs> tell us about the rebellion. And he's like, I ain't never seen no pussy. <laughs> That is what he said. What's a woman? Uh, What's a woman? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, uh, So you point me at a pair of boobies and I'll walk right past it. (laughs) I won't know. Like a snowman in a snowstorm. (laughs) I'll be like, what are you pointing at? I don't see anything. It's just blank. I've hit so many women with my car. (laughs) I think. 1742. (laughs) (laughs) So... Presumably the circumstances of his arrest were that he was associating with some woman and he was like, I've never, I never slept with that woman. <laughs> Did they never slept with any woman. What a weird way to give yourself up. Like they're like, So we're... he just wasn't part of the riot and he thought he got arrested for something else. Horace <laughs> mm-hmm. Walpole continues. He sings, plays the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, and not very sensible. I love him. He yeah. sounds hot as hell. He's not interested in me. <laughs> He might go for you. Hello, I am also here. <laughs> and not a woman. <laughs> and not a woman. He is called an Italian, a Spaniard, and a Pole. This sounds like a... people trying to describe my father. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Alex. Yeah, also. They're both very ethnically <laughs> ambiguous. Yes. <laughs> a somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her, with her jewels to Constantinople. He... A... I'm sorry. How? He's never seen a woman. (laughs) Great question. A priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman. These are all the descriptors. These are all the descriptors that Horace Walpole associates with the Comte de Saint Germain. Okay, Horace was high. Or who's to say for the Comte de Saint Germain? Oh, you don't know what a woman is? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I describe it to you? (laughs) No, ew. <laughs> Later on, it is he told a story that, like, previous to coming to London, he served under the Shah of Persia in the Shah of Persia's court and learned the practice of jewelry making. Um, that was how he had made his money leading up to his musical performances in London sometime before 1742. Cool. So that's just after, before this, after that, whatever. So. This is the first time that we have a record of the Count of St. Germain, and especially a description of him. Uh, And this is a very strange picture that they're painting, right? (laughs) Walpole also describes the Count of St. Germain as pale, with extremely black hair and a beard. He was always dressed magnificently with several large jewels. Are you imagining Keanu Reeves? For sure. It's just Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Or Russell Crowe. The way that they're talking about no, how dare you, my sworn enemy? I've just decided today. The way that you described him too, like the mystery behind him, and like how everybody seems a little mystified by him. Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Oh Mm. my God, what if Keanu Reeves is the Count Saint Germain? What if it's David Blaine? I'll come back to that. (laughs) I need you guys. I literally need you guys to stop asking questions because the answer to every single one of your questions is yes. No matter what the question is, guaranteed. This is the most exciting I've ever been. <laughs> so, I hope I meet him. So, he is released from prison after a couple of days under uncertain cir- circumstances and then disappears for several years. Mm-hmm. Not in a suspicious way, just in the sense that nobody was recording him. Around 1749, he had been performing as a musician and the Lady Jemima York said, I can't but fancy he is a great pretender in all kinds of science, as well as that he really has acquired an uncommon share in some. So she had a couple of conversations with him and she's like, I feel like he has to be lying about some of the things that he says because there's no way that you can be an expert in all of these fields. But experts within some of the fields acknowledge him as an expert which is strange so like so, his, some of his claims he can back up but not everything is but they backupable. can't check everything okay is what it comes down to that she's like it's not possible for him to be an expert in medicine and geology and the history of oil painting and stuff like that <laughs> and yet anytime he's 
he reaches competition on that point, mm-hmm. he always is impressive and an expert on the subject that he is contested on. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was an expert in basically all of those exact subjects. And also, yes. I know a lot of guys who spent time in prison, and they also read a lot of books. So maybe He was they... only in prison for like four days. And also, oh, okay. like, they wouldn't have <laughs> I thought he was in prison for a long time. They wouldn't have an access to the same libraries that we have in our wonderful uh, prisons that have no problems. What was it, Horace? <laughs> Horace Walpole? I yeah, love his name. Horace, Horace was hot for him. Maybe he just brought him books. He's like, here's a manual on how to make a car. You're going to need here's that later. Here's some easel. <laughs> here's some canvas. <clears throat> Paint with your blood. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a couple of these strange experiences in England where people, everyone who meets him kind of thinks that he's a little bit funny. Like some people are like, he's clearly like a comedian. Like the way that he oh. acts is so unusual and especially like in high society at the time it was you know he would just say things offhandedly and people would be like oh you're fucking crazy (laughs) 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 so after some time in england yeah yeah no like he just did the like okay i'm on board symbol Alex isn't used to being behind a microphone but he's giving hand signals now (laughs) i am here Yeah, so far I have no notes on this man. Yeah, <laughs> except for all the right. questions we've been asking and Max has been refusing to answer. So, yes. <laughs> except for all the notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after his time in England, he uh, moves on to France um, around 1748 to 1749. He is employed as a diplomat by King Louis XV. And by diplomat, I mean a spy. Mm. Um, where sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, Louis XV like, was one of the early inventors of espi- like political espionage. Mm. And... St. Germain was employed by him under unusual circumstances. We don't have records of exactly what he did, but there are rumors that he was involved in the conspiracy to put Catherine the Great on the throne and that he was trying to work to barter peace among some of the elements in Eastern Europe. I love the idea that before Louis XV, everyone was just too honest. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he the one with like seven wives? That's Henry VIII. Also a different country. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got a monarchy wrong. <laughs> but, like, the most famous monarchy. <laughs> You're, right. You're not allowed to act like that's like, we're crazy. <laughs> Isn't he the one with seven wives? You mean the one that's literally named after all his wives, basically? <laughs> I am Henry VIII, I am. Which one did you say? I got married to the widow next door. She's been married Louis seven fi- times before. Louis the fifteenth. Sounds the same. Yeah, they it sounds just just the same. <laughs> I can't hear a difference. <laughs> so uh he's employed by King Louis the Fifteenth. Um again, the specifics of his like espionage career are not known for obvious reasons. However, during this time, he stayed in Louis' home, the Chateau de Chambord, as a welcomed guest and had several rooms in Louis' chateau for a pretty long time. And <laughs> Louis absolutely loved him. And if anyone was rude to Count de Saint-Germain, King Louis would say like, hey, um, out. Yeah. This this guy right here, ride or die. This is my boy. You don't like it? Get the fuck out. You don't turn their back on family. <laughs> family. <laughs> family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Paul Walker to his Vin Diesel. <laughs> who's uh, who's who's Paul Walker? The Count Saint Germain is Paul Walker. Yeah, and Louis is obviously Vin Diesel. I feel like I should I have to. Explain. Paul Walker has the opposite of dark black hair. Yeah, like but he has like the lovable personality that can like flit in and out of history at will. Mm. You know, Michelle Rodriguez is who. Saint Germain. Again, I need you guys to stop pitching this because these are all not unreasonable suggestions. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez Bloody. is the woman he's not seeing. <laughs> so stop asking about it. During his time in Louis' chateau, a man named Baron de Glacien mentioned that he wasn't the biggest fan of the Count. And he said that he noticed that he never... He perceived him to eat no meat and drink no wine during his stay there. So it was as though he wasn't eating and drinking while he was staying at the chateau. Pretty weird. Just to mention, I'm going to move on. Don't ask questions. He was on an all-salad diet. Don't eat no meats. Don't eat no meats. (laughs) 
<laughs> there are later rumors that he subsisted on a diet exclusively of oatmeal, but I found absolutely no sources for that. So did he pull it out of his pocket? <laughs> loose, <laughs> loose oatmeal. <laughs> Guys, go listen to episode one. (laughs) Um, He also would always carry around a small vial Mm. of a liquid, which people later had theories about, which I'll come to. But I like the idea that it's a vial full of oatmeal. (laughs) (laughs) So, So in Paris in 1757, Giacomo Casanova... Oh. That Casanova, <laughs> the Casanova, where we get the term Casanova, that Casanova. Why? Was seen to be so jealous as to throw a fit when the Comte de Saint Germain showed up at a party. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this gossip. But why? He's never seen a woman before. Oh, and Casanova's seen all the women. He's yeah. jealous. He's like, I want to start all over. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see them like it was the first time. He's like, I just have like very specific, like specific blindness. <laughs> it's a disability. <laughs> I can't see You've women. Heard of colorblind? I'm woman blind. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've hit so many women with my car. <laughs> but. Upon first meeting him, he couldn't help but be impressed and charmed by this man. He called him the celebrated and learned imposter. Oh, <laughs> I want that nickname. I'm being honest. And I'm going to read you this, this long quote by Giacomo Casanova. A scholar, linguist, musician, and chemist. Good looking and a perfect ladies man. Contradictory, I know. Intended by nature to be the king of imposters and quacks. He would say in an easy and assured manner that he was 300 years old, that he knew the secret of universal medicine, that he possessed a mastery over nature, that he could melt diamonds. Can he? Quote <laughs> from Giacomo Casanova. Ah. Question. Sorry, I'm raising my hand. You can't yeah. see it. Jeez, um, he's, he's sitting I'm way the back. Audience. Scoop forward when you <laughs> um, ask questions. <laughs> is he my dad? That described my dad. That also kind of describes my dad. <laughs> Is he our dad? Is he our dad? Oh my god. (laughs) You need to tell us right now. I already told you the answer to every question is yes. (laughs) And you know what? I would like to put out to add to the lore. Max doesn't remember what my dad looks like. No matter how many times she meets him, this might be my dad. And also, I look like Janie's dad. (laughs) Yeah, way more than he looks like his dad. (laughs) I look a little more like your dad than you do. (laughs) This is how we find out that you guys are switched at birth. So, around this time, right, around 1760, there is an account of the Countess Saint-Germain being at a party, and an older woman, the Countess uh, von Georgie, was very excited to meet him, Mm -hmm. because she recognized his name. I'm just going to go ahead and read this. This is from pretty much the main source that we have on the Countess Saint-Germain. It was written in 1911 by Isabel Cooper Oakley. She did massive research in terms of like correspondences at the time. And so this is where we get a lot of the lore about the Countess Saint-Germain. Okay. But this is like quoted from that book. The old Countess uh, von Georgie, who 50 years earlier had accompanied her husband to Venice, where he had the appointment of ambassador, lately met Saint-Germain at Mademoiselle de Pompadour, who was uh, the mistress of... King Louis XV. Yeah, I know that name very well. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. <laughs> For some time, she watched the stranger with signs of the great surprise in which was mixed not a little fear. Finally, unable to control her excitement, she approached the Count more out of curiosity than in fear. Will you have the kindness to tell me, said the Countess, whether your father was in Venice about the year 1710? No, madame, replied the Count quite unconcerned. It is very much longer since I lost my father. But I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last and the beginning of this century. I had the honor to pay you court then, and you were kind enough to admire a few barcaroles of my composing, which we used to sing together. The madame says, Forgive me, but that is impossible. The Comte de Saint-Germain I knew in those days was at least 45 years old, and you, at the outside, are that age at present. Madame, replied the Count, smiling, I am very old. But then you must be nearly a hundred years old. That is not impossible. (laughs) And the Count recounted to Mademoiselle Van Georgie a number of familiar little details which had reference in common to both, to their sojourn in the Venetian states. He offered, if she still doubted him, to bring back her memory certain circumstances and remarks, which, no, no, replied the old ambassadress, I am already convinced, for all that you are a most extraordinary man, a devil. Oh, for pity's sake, exclaimed Saint Germain in a thundering voice, mm. no such names. He appeared to be seized with a cramp-like trembling in every limb and left the room immediately. Okay, I have a new theory. Uh-huh. I know you don't like them. This is Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
sure. It's the only yes. thing that makes sense. This is Paul Rudd. <laughs> I believe mm-hmm. in my heart of hearts that this is Rumpelstiltskin. What? Because she said a name and then he started to seize. was like, I got to get out of here. That matches demon, the like demonology, though. Yeah. If you say a demon's name, then they have to get out of here. <laughs> they got to leave. It's like sage, like a demonic Febreze. I don't like when uh, people say my name either. <laughs> yeah, don't That's why say I told my name. you guys my name is Jamie. That's why I don't wear a name tag. Um, specifically that reason and no other reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I yeah. mean, there are, this is a very serious thing. I do think there are, like, scholars, scholarship on Rumpelstiltskin being the devil. Mm-hmm. He Makes goes sense. into hell at the end of that story. Mm-hmm. Oh, does he? This, <laughs> that's not that. This isn't a fairy tale. This is real life, and this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is very good. I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us. I like that Anytime, every guys. time someone compliments him, you're like, oh my god, you're so incredible, you're so smart, and also, hey... Are you? You're a monster. <laughs> yeah. You're a trickster. You're the king of scandals. Like oh my nature God, Lucifer. Yeah. To be a charlatan. He's Lucifer. Oh, You're I love all him. These things Probably and possibly. also trash. I love it. <laughs> and also trash. Paul <laughs> <laughs> <All> Rudd. <laughs> so during this time in the late 1750s and 1760s, while he was being employed by Louis XV, again in this pseudo-espionage kind of situation. He was also being employed by Louis XV to make fabric dyes because he was considered to be an expert in lots of different arts. So he could make colors that people couldn't figure out how to make. And he was also an accomplished oil painter. And one of the things that he was best at painting was jewels. And it's said that like when he painted jewels, they had an inner light that could not be explained. He said that it was something about the process of making the paint and he would never give his secret for what it was. Louis XV gives him this massive laboratory in which to kind of work on these dyes and everything like that because it'll help with trade and make him a lot of money, basically. At the same time, he's also uh, making cosmetics, like face (laughs) stuff. Uh, He invented skin serum. (laughs) Oh my god! He's Uh, actually Mr. Clinique. (laughs) (laughs) And he would always, like, put it on his face at parties and then women would be like, what is that? And he would offer it to them and he would say, it's very expensive to make, but you can have some for free. Oh. Um, so I mean, he's kind for, of like a Mary Kay salesman. For free. And for no. just got to them giving him an aggressive hand job in the bathroom. And he has Why his eyes like- covered. He's like, I do not see it. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> this doesn't count because I'm not looking at you and they're like yeah it's kind of rude <laughs> pretty rude I can't see you it doesn't count it's still free <laughs> or maybe that's why he had them cover up their faces with all those cosmetics mm. bam so <laughs> <Yes. laughs> on the occasion of Casanova meeting him for the first time he also said that it was at a dinner party and he again a little bit jealous and following the count's lead did not eat dinner so once again, another occasion of this man not eating and no one really knowing where he gets his sustenance from. Casanova, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just being like a weird chicken thing where and you're now like, Casanova, oh, you're not eating? Now I'm not eating. <laughs> Casanova developed a serious eating disorder <laughs> later in oh, life. Oh, Cass, buddy. <laughs> this isn't, no, you don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, during the course of his espionage career under Louis XV, during the Seven Years' War, he was caught, basically, as a spy. Mm. And the, the person time. who... Huh? For the second time? Oh, shit, for yeah. Espionage? For the Jacobite Maybe. Rebellion. I forgot yeah. about that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and when they contacted Louis XV to be like, hey, is this your guy? Louis XV was like, no, I've never seen him before and I never will again. Kill him. Um, and then, what? And then, what a uh, bitch. And then the Countess St. Germain didn't get killed and nobody knows where he went. He just disappeared for a little while. Okay, he's not Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel would never. No, he's, <laughs> he's Michelle Rodriguez. No, Vi- Ro- Michelle Rodriguez would never. At the end of the day, Disappear? she's loyal. Oh, no, you I'm, meant, yeah, no, yeah, Louis meant was... Henry VIII. No, oh my God. <laughs> he's that. I don't need to do this with you guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Colin the Firth. <laughs> oh, please let that be your Halloween costume. <laughs> um, so, the next period in Conte Saint Germain's life that we have recorded is around 1779. He moves into an area that is right on the border between Denmark and Germany, um, switches hands a bunch of times over the course of the following 300 years. But uh, it's called Schleswig, 
I think he meets Prince Charles of the Hesha Castle family of Denmark. Sure. Um, the Prince of Denmark, basically. Prince Charles. Who is himself a member of several secret societies and an, an enthusiast of mysticism. Which, during this time, the Comte de Saint-Germain has fostered certain alliances with different secret societies. He is rumored to be an alchemist during this time, where they're like, oh, what's he doing? Making dye? Ordering a lot of really suspicious supplies for being making dye. He has to make his magic diamonds. Also, (laughs) he's a wizard? (laughs) Oh yeah, I didn't tell you guys. He's a wizard! (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) He is starting to, like, be known in these kind of, like, occultist areas at this time, you know, which is a big thing at the time. Like, this is when we have a lot of the 1700s Illuminati and stuff like that is happening at this time and everything, uh, which he is associated with the Illuminati and also a couple of other ones, which I'll list later. He's an oil Um, painter who mm -hmm. stays young forever, who is a wizard and possibly the devil. Is he Dorian Gray? Dorian Gray may have been based on him. Fuck! What? Mm -hmm. Fuck! Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. I'm fucking blowing my mind here right now. Mm Mm-hmm. This man is um, amazing. <laughs> and I want to uh, sleep with him. No eye contact. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no no chance of an emotional connection there. That's just what you want. <laughs> so he meets Prince Charles of Denmark, and they become fast friends almost immediately. The Count of St. Germain uh, presents to the Prince of Denmark all of these jewels and everything. And he tells him, like, if you have a diamond, I can, you know, make it bigger for you. I can combine diamonds. He can fuse different different diamonds into one bigger diamond. And he can also make pearls grow huge. Um, Stuff like that. (laughs) What? (laughs) So he's like, I can do all this stuff and all that, like, all this kind of stuff. Your David Blaine theory is coming back, Alex. It's David Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) It might be David Blaine. (laughs) I shut you down earlier today when you said that it was David Blaine, but then I found a description where they were like, he is of, like, brown skin and black hair. I was like, okay, so... I thought you said he was pale. Yeah. In your defense, you said, like, three things, and then I shouted David Blaine. And also, in your defense, he's been shouting David Blaine at us for the past two weeks. (laughs) Alex has been in a real David Blaine hole. (laughs) That's my secret. I'm always in a David Blaine hole. He's been in David Blaine's hole so hard. (laughs) That's the dream, right? No. Just disappear. That is no one's... Oh, man, you would. (laughs) On live television in front of his children. (laughs) You know that scene in American Gods when that lady's having sex and then mm-hmm. they're absorbed? That's what That's David it. Blaine does. Spoilers for American Gods. And David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows off some of his like jewelry prowess to mm-hmm. Prince Charles. And Prince Charles is like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh. So he buys him a laboratory that is like a... Specifically, an abandoned factory outside of town. And he's like, this is yours. I will furnish it with whatever laboratory equipment you need. And this can be where you do your work. Oh, my God. He's got a sugar daddy. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Another sugar daddy. <laughs> he also builds for him a separate laboratory in Prince Charles's own summer home mm. in Louisiana land. <laughs> Louisiana land. <laughs> uh, Louisiana land uh, for... Crafting gemstones, quote unquote. Wow, and she's doing his finger dyes. quotes so hard. Is are you trying to tell us like licking bubbles or something? What are you trying? Well, because crafting us? gemstones is like not a thing that anyone can do at this. Crafting point, gemstones is licking buttholes. Yeah, I don't Haven't know, you heard? man. Making butt plugs. That's how you make pearls, kind of. Licking buttholes, kind of. Tell us more. <laughs> well, if a if an oyster is basically just a big old tongue. <laughs> and you think about the ocean as the butthole of the world, which it is, because it's mostly shit. <laughs> do we think about the ocean that way? Guys, we're going to do a poll on our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get in the comments. It's the end of the story. <laughs> is the ocean the butthole <laughs> of Earth? <laughs> it's mostly butthole, then, is what you're saying. Yeah. What are volcanoes? You know butthole. what? <gasps> Those are zits. Okay. That's buttony. <laughs> 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 Not to be confused with chutney. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Okay, well, listen to my story. <laughs> if you don't want me to say gross things, then you have to listen to my story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Conde Saint Germain and Prince Charles are fast friends, and they spend all their time together, basically, uh, except when the Conde Saint Germain is off in his factory, his abandoned factory laboratory, <laughs> doing 
something <laughs> mm-hmm. that nobody really asks questions about or knows. <laughs> During their correspondences, the Conde Saint Germain tells Prince Charles that he is secretly the son of the Prince of Transylvania, Francis II Rakotsi. <laughs> Transylvania, like, you say? I do say, <laughs> which is uh, a part of Hungary, okay. kind of. Sure. Um, at certain times, it is a part of Hungary. But he... Max is starting a war over this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, reflecting on all war. of the wars that have happened, <laughs> where at times Transylvania is part of Hungary, at times it isn't. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but Prince Charles recounts, he says, I think that I'm the only person that he told this to. I think that this might be the truth, right? I mean, um, of course you think that. Every bitch thinks she's special. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, it's lights off and eyes closed, you slut. <laughs> Here's my question. Does he call you Charles or baby? <laughs> hey, sweetheart. You're looking real good today, boy. <laughs> um, so he says that he's the son of Prince Francis II Rakotsi, who, historically had a son, but he had several sons, but he had one son who died at the age of four. Hmm. His name was Leopold George. And there were always kind of rumors that maybe he didn't because at the same time, Prince Francis Rakotsi was leading the Hungarian War of Independence from the Habsburgs in like 1703 to 1711. Mm-hmm. So it could be that his oldest son, Leopold George, could have been sent away for his own protection mm-hmm. and just that he told everyone that he died. But the timelines don't really match up Hmm. where he would have been too old to be this kid, basically. Okay. Probably. But But no one's ever seen him not looking 45 over the course of... Paul, red, Paul, red. (laughs) Um, So... um... (laughs) Even Wayne has looked younger than 45. But he's looked so sleepy for so long. That's true. Maybe he has a magic vial. 2020. Oh, I forgot about the vial. That's just a cyanide. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just in case. Just in case he has he brings to it out it in every meal and just stares at it. <laughs> I can't eat. I'm saving room for my uh, suicide potion. <laughs> just in case the dinner Maybe party this becomes time terrible. It'll work. <laughs> oh, kill me. <laughs> That's what we call a Transylvanian goodbye, where you're like, this party oh. sucks. Boop. Kill <laughs> yourself at a dinner party. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we invent a lot of goodbyes mm-hmm. <laughs> on this podcast. We're like, what is it? We came up with the English rose in episode 49, which is just a bow <laughs> in the English. Are we inventing things or are we just talking about buttholes? Yeah. <laughs> like a rewind to the ocean is the butthole of the world. <laughs> uh, you guys can do that. You have the power to rewind on this yeah. podcast well, to audience, that point. So. Oh, yeah. So he's rewinding in go. real time yeah. for you guys. He's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> um, so Prince Charles has a Hesha Castle. Ooh, one Kesha more time. Castle. <laughs> Prince Charles Hesha Castle also says that the Comte de Saint Germain told him that he had studied at Siena University under John Gaston, who was the last of the Medici's, the uh, oh. Medici ruling house in Italy. Yeah, he says that that's how he got his education, and that's why he's so clever. Again, though, this is we only have one source that suggests this, and it's a Prince Charles who is always telling everyone how the. Conde Saint Germain is his best friend. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so hard to say. They okay, right? They've got one of them thinks they have chemistry. This is embarrassing <laughs> yeah. for him. He's fully <laughs> putting the bill on a weird, empty factory laboratory for him to make his weird Frankenstein experiments. <laughs> also, a notable mention: 1774. He, with the time of the French Revolution immediately prior to the French Revolution, came to France for no other purpose than to warn Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette about the French Revolution. He was like, you need to fix this or the people are going to revolt. Which people are like, oh, he might have been, like, have, like, the gift of sight. But also, (laughs) there were, I mean, people were not happy prior to the French Revolution. So it could just be, it could just be the writing on the walls. People were like, he was like somewhere and someone was like, I'm going to kill Marie Antoinette. And he was like, ooh. I gotta do somebody. It's like going up during the Cuban Missile Crisis and being like, hey, guys, somebody wants to assassinate JFK. (laughs) Uh, Listen to the episode on Operation Mongoose. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's my favorite thing we've ever done. (laughs) 
So, during this time, the Conde Saint-Germain is just spending time in his abandoned factory laboratory like a supervillain. It's like Krieger from Archer. Yeah. Exactly like Krieger from Archer. <laughs> Think of um, lives. <laughs> in 1784, on the 27th of February, the Count dies in the area of this factory that has been given to him by Prince Charles. His death is recorded by the Church of St. Nikolai, mm -hmm. and he is buried several days after his death. A couple weeks later, his remaining possessions are auctioned off because they aren't picked up by any family. They mm. can't get in, in touch with or find any of his family. They contacted Transylvania, and they were like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that takes weeks, and they auctioned it off days? Weeks after? later. Oh, oh, after okay. the, the funeral, they buried okay. him days later. All right. Yeah. Among his personal effects were lots of clothes, mostly just clothes, <laughs> uh, very little money, none of the jewels that he was seen with, mm -hmm. um, his violin, letters, and everything were missing. Any signs of his travel or diaries or anything what like that was missing. Fiddle? He was also called a great fiddler. His violin. That's, a, that's what a violin is. A violin is a fiddle? They're not separate instruments? No, I, I think, think so. a violin is a fiddle in the South when you're playing for the devil. But he, since he's the devil, it's uh, a fiddle. Horace, my boy, both said violinist and fiddler. Horace Warbler, or whatever his <laughs> name is, is Scottish. Horace Warbler, yeah. I can't think of any country more that would have to say fiddle <laughs> than the Scots. I'm so, just... I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm new he's here. playing the wine box. So... Worthy of note, during his lifetime, uh, the Comte de Saint-Germain is credited with having written one, possibly two books. The first book, they're not sure if he wrote the book or if it was just his copy of a book, but it was La Très Sainte Trinosophie, mm -hmm. uh, the most holy Trinosophia, which tells of a spiritual initiation journey or alchemical process for the soul of some kind that was like a, a method of ascendance, right? Uh -huh. But it's not clear whether this copy of this book was just he had written his name on the front cover or if he had written the book. Okay. The second one is definitely him. It's called the Triangle Manuscript. It's <laughs> less classy than <laughs> the French one you said yeah. before. <laughs> Uh, the Triangle Manuscript, the Triangular Manuscript, it was a manuscript that was a triangle, first of all. <laughs> oh, like the whole book was a triangle? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trailblazer. Yeah, uh, the book was a triangle. <laughs> Fun. And it described a magical ritual by which you could achieve two goals. You could procure great wealth, and you could unnaturally extend your lifetime. This book was in the shape of a red flag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly was. <laughs> I've Just heard a lot of uh, essential oil salesmen <laughs> tell me the same thing. <laughs> I'm also going to, just some other things that are scattered throughout his life that I don't have a specific date for. Do you know if we still have that book in circulation? Could we buy it and put it on our bookshelf? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, there's no evidence that he was a count whatsoever. He was definitely not a saint, but he was probably not a count. He just called himself the Count of St. Germain. Oh. Uh, nobody knows his name. He always appeared to be about 45 from the 1740s until the 1770s. Okay. Pretty weird. I mean, 30 um, years. Black don't crack. Oh, maybe he. Maybe I will show you a picture of him, which might change your mind. But <laughs> oh, it cracks. They said pale, but maybe he's just okay. But Max has ambiguous. given us two different descriptions of him. She yeah. said in the beginning he was very pale, and then she also said that he was very dark. And so people just described they described him, him as brown of skin. Oh, yeah. but pale brown, tan. <laughs> skin color like, yeah. uh, just any Alex, skin color are you the could be described I'm, I'm also David Blaine <laughs> um, you fucking wish you fangirl every day <laughs> literally any skin color anywhere on the spectrum could be considered a pale shade of brown <laughs> except for yours you are pink <laughs> you oh. can shut the fuck up <laughs> I'm a pale taupe okay <laughs> He always kept this vial of liquid on his person, and some people said that it was an elixir of youth, or it was some kind of, you know, something weird. Uh, it was just like a weird thing about him that it's... people were like, ah, he's got so much mystery. It's probably a vial of youth. Did it disappear with his body? There's no they record of it. it. Oh, shit. Oh, they drank it for sure. And it was no just... Charlie drank it. It was, uh, what's it called? Diet Sprite? <laughs> what a <laughs> letdown. That's what the factory was for. He's like, this could be so big in like 200 years. <laughs> Diet Sprite. You ever want your water to taste bad <laughs> and hurt you? <laughs> the Comte de Saint-Germain and La Croix. <laughs> 
I believe also... Count was his first name. Sorry. I believe Count was his first name. Oh, he was and like, you think... I'm Count St. Germain. And they're like, oh, the Count of St. Germain? He was like, sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, there was also a Count of St. Germain around the same time who was like a military leader. And it was very confusing. Oh. So sometimes when you look up pictures of Count of St. Germain, it will show you the wrong one. Are you gonna uh, show so us... just to keep in mind. Are you going to show us a picture of him? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Some other things. He was recorded as having been basically like natural fluent in French, German, Dutch, Spanish, Portuguese, and Russian. He also spoke English and Chinese in with no accent. What? Just really good Chinese, as well as Latin and Arabic. He was able to read and translate ancient Greek and Sanskrit. How? In the 1700s? Who's to say? Great question. <laughs> But people would, like, he would encounter people who would speak different languages, and they said that it was consistently amazing to people that they could not tell. He just had, like, a completely neutral accent in every single language that he spoke. He the was devil. Oh, my God, this is just Lucifer. Yeah. Um, it was also said that, like, in the 1740s, when he first started showing up, he didn't speak English, but he learned super quickly. Um, terrifying. Super, super, yeah, absolutely terrifying. And also, he, uh, in addition to being an accomplished violinist and a violin virtuoso, he composed, a, like, a long series of violin pieces that mm -hmm. uh, you can listen to online. If you go to his Wikipedia page, they have links to a couple of them recorded, like, performed anew and recorded no but thanks. he could also hear a song and then play it on the piano by ear without any music almost okay. perfectly okay well the musical thing and the language thing could be a savant thing like mozart yeah. like those things i guess could <clears throat> be explained it's weird but it's not impossible and i feel like music and language would go maybe along. he looking 45 forever was on the spectrum like they're like he acts oh. weird <gasps> he knows all this stuff yeah maybe he was just like it's neurodivergent in the 1700s. However, Ooh. ADHD, how it's coming for ever. you. I'm going to get you in some more stuff. We got okay, some more sorry, stuff. We're not sorry, even. Sorry. I am so I excited, this. Max. Max, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this, despite all the butthole talk. <laughs> I'm in it. So, <laughs> as I said, 27th of February, 1784, the Conde Saint Germain is recorded as having died. And now I say that very specifically. She said that in aggressive <laughs> eye contact. And she was challenging me to disagree. I don't. <laughs> Following his supposed death in 1784, in 1785, it was said that he was seen in Germany with Anton Mesmer, where if you've heard the term mesmerizing before, it's because Anton Mesmer was the inventor of modern hypnotism. What? So a year after his death, someone reported that they saw him with Anton Mesmer so in Germany. So he knew Casanova and Anton Mesmer and Louis the Fifteenth mm -hmm. and Charlie and Horace Walker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I missed. I missed one. Where did it go? Mark Wahlberg's great, 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 great grandfather. Oh, where did it go? Voltaire is the one that I'm forgetting. Shit. <laughs> I am sorry. He knew Voltaire. That's Voltaire. the one that surprised me. Now remember, Voltaire was a satirist. He, he wrote a lot of satire. Oh, yes. But Voltaire said of the Comte de Saint-Germain, a man who never dies and who knows everything. <laughs> he was also very dramatic. Yes. <laughs> so that's just, you know. Also, sorry, I totally forgot this in terms of continuity, but in 1776, he popped up in Germany. This is before his death. But uh, right around the time of the American Revolution, did he know George Washington? <laughs> There are theories that he helped George Washington to win the war. What was he like? Uh, I couldn't find any sources on that, but a lot of people were like, what if he was a founding father? And I was like, what if? Prove uh, it. And they were like, okay, mm, what if? <laughs> okay. So 1776, he appeared in Germany under the pseudonym Count Weldon. Oh, <laughs> well done. Lord. So there are also... There are, <laughs> you really didn't like that. <laughs> there are lots of records of him showing up under different names, like confirmed... Like when he was in the Seven Years' War, he showed up using a fake name in certain places and stuff like that. So that's just, just something worth remembering. So he was seen with Anton Mesmer in 1985, a year after his supposed death. Also in 1985, the Freemasons, which he was involved with, chose him as their representative for a convention. They were like, all right, and representing the Freemasons... The Conde Saint Germain, who died last year. <laughs> no records of, I couldn't find any records of what that convention was or whether he showed up. Um, Checks out. In 1821, there's a record of someone met a man named Major Fraser, 
who identically matches the description of him in the sense of his appearance as vague as it is. And Pale also, tan, black hair, kind of an Spanish, asshole. Spanish, German, French. Ran into or... several ladies. <laughs> like bumped into them. <laughs> Seemed confused. <laughs> Played the fiddle the whole time. <laughs> and the violin. <laughs> was holding beakers. <laughs> which was weird. Loved oatmeal. Casanova was following behind him with like little jealous like <laughs> steam coming yeah. out of his head. Major Fraser, who had a mysterious fortune with no known source, he had an impossible memory where he would reference events that he couldn't have possibly been at if he was the age that he appeared. All the way back to Nero in Roman history and Dante. Shit. And Dante Alighieri. <laughs> when Dante used him as a direct reference. Mm-hmm. for what hell looks like because he's a <laughs> lucifer <laughs> we don't have any further records of major fraser he disappears without a trace can you call him major fraser Ma- major fraser <laughs> thank you <laughs> between 1880 and 1900 helena blavatsky who founded the spiritualistic not religion they specifically say not religion but like a spiritualistic practice of theosophy claims that she is working in tandem with the still living Comte de Saint Germain to develop this kind of like philosophical and theological thought and that he is specifically working on the spiritual development of the west so she says yeah i'm doing theosophy with the Comte de Saint Germain who died um it's totally normal and fine because he's not dead he's alive and i'm doing it with him and there is a picture which has since been debunked uh mm. Of the two of them, but that picture couldn't have originated earlier than, like, 1930. Mm-hmm. So it probably wasn't her who took the fake picture. It was someone else later trying um, to mock it, right? Yeah, yeah. In 1897... Anachronistic. Yeah. Um, in 1897, mm. the French singer Emma Calvé dedicated an autographed photo to St. Germain, which we have a record of. <laughs> in the most is, recent... I'm sorry, what is an autographed photo? Autographed. Oh, yeah, so she, like, signed an autograph for the Comte de Saint-Germain. Oh. Okay. I love the idea that you know anachronistic, but not autograph. I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said autograph. And so I was like, anachronistic. what is that? Anachronistic, what is autograph? <laughs> and what's an autograph? <laughs> Should we start doing that? <laughs> Guys, if you join the Discord, you get a free autograph. <laughs> I was trying to think of the term, like, you know, like your John Hancock, like your thought, signature. No, no, no. But I, I almost said, give me your uh, your Johnson, you know? That's a different thing. Nope. <laughs> Hand me your Johnson. <laughs> Can I get a, maybe a little Johnson right here on this picture from you? Plop a Johnson on that document. <laughs> Let's make it official. <laughs> um, <laughs> the most recent case of a St. Germain quote-unquote sighting. The 1972. 1972 in Paris, a man man. named Richard Chanfray claimed that he was the Count of St. Germain. Prove it. Richard. I don't know. That's just... (laughs) I researched it and he... There was no, like, oh, he claimed it because of this. He just was like, I'm the Count of St. Germain. And everyone was like, okay. We don't know who that is. We're in 1972. We're so high and so dumb. (laughs) We think the world will always be like this. (laughs) In terms of, again, this, like, gift of prophecy that the Count of Saint-Germain was uh, supposed to have post-French Revolution, mm-hmm. a woman named the Comtesse d'Ademar said that she had a lengthy conversation with Count de Saint-Germain, who allegedly told her of France's immediate future as if he knew what was going to come. In 1821, she wrote, I have seen that Queen Antoinette was murdered on the 18th of Brumaire on the day following the death of the Duke d'Enienne in January 1815 and on the eve of the murder of the Duke de Berry. The last time she saw him was in the 1820s. And he said she said that he looked no older than his mid-40s. So this is again 30 years after his death. So just some just some fun little things for you. He was associated with the Rosicrucians, the Freemasons, the Society of Asiatic Brothers, the Knights Templar or the Order of the Templars, the Knights of the Light, and the Illuminati. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. He was associated with... Rich white people. Hey. Oh, <laughs> is he a bad guy? <laughs> oh. According to the New World Encyclopedia, which I've put in the source notes for this episode, just so you guys know, it is a like New Age religious website. So it, at the risk of maligning someone's beliefs, 
there is very little basis for some of their statements. I've um, also included a link to my essential oil sales page. <laughs> if you could just buy like seven of them and maybe join my team, <laughs> you can work for home. <laughs> work from home, not for home. Work for your home. Work for oh. home, a.k.a. the universe. I have included a link. It's a blank <laughs> button. Click on it. That's the universe. It's going to be a blank page. You'll feel it. You'll get uh, it. I also included a link to my website, Work for Home, which is um, which is a website uh, opposed to the system of rent in the world. Uh, and if you click on the link, you can go ahead and it'll just automatically send your landlord straight into your mouth and you can do that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm clicking that link. Yeah, hashtag eat your landlord. Eat your fucking landlords. <laughs> But according to this uh, New World Encyclopedia website, possible previous and later incarnations of the Comte de Saint-Germain, right? It's a list. Okay. A ruler of a Golden Age Sahara Desert civilization from approximately 70,000 years ago. Number one. Number two, the high priest of Atlantis. Number three, the prophet Samuel. Number four, Hesiod, the Greek poet. Yeah. Number five, Plato. I gotta say, sorry, real quick, I hope it's not that one, because I really don't like Hesiod. I also really don't like Hesiod. Hesiod's so. a huge fucking misogynist, guys. Don't try to read his book, but the translations of this book are amazing. Like, the translator <laughs> notes, uh, 10 out of 10. Plato, the Athenian philosopher, also potentially St. Germain. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Joseph, you know, the one Mary's... Of Mary in the of Bible? Mary and Jesus. Yep, that's St. Joseph. Could have been uh, the Catholic St. Germain. Oh, um, he has never seen a woman. He <laughs> married a child. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> she was 13 years old. Wasn't he also like 13 years ago? No, he was an older man. Oh, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, well, he had a business. full beard. And a business, yeah. And his own donkey. You think that comes cheap to a 13-year-old? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, the Count of St. Germain could have also been Roger and or Francis Bacon. <laughs> Roger Bacon and or Francis Bacon. I don't know either of those people are. I don't know. Francis Ro- Bacon? Francis. You make it, he's also could be Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Who's to say? Also, potentially Christopher Columbus. No! And, hypothetically, Merlin. I like that one better. <laughs> Either he's Merlin or he fucked a manatee. It can't be both. And several other terrible things. Please Google. <laughs> Please Google. Please Google uh, Christopher Columbus. Just he's a couple terrible. of other little, a couple little things. I know that this is really disorganized, but there's really no way to do this in order it's because it's good. all it, crazy. It was organized. But Alex and I are making it seem way more disorganized with all of our butthole talk. <laughs> <laughs> but so two things, both from the intro to the most holy Trinisophia of the Comte de Saint Germain, which again is like his. The Conde Saint Germain's manuscript was republished in 1933. Okay. Um, so, from the introduction written by Manly P. Hall. Um, Manly. <laughs> Manly P. I had Hall. a Chinese student named Manly. He was such a dweeby little kid. I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> by something akin to telepathy, this remarkable person was able to feel when his presence was needed in some distant city or state, as it has even been recorded of him that he had the disconcerting habit of appearing in his own apartments and those of his friends without resorting to the conventionality of a door. (laughs) (laughs) He made a movement with his hand as if in signal of departure, then said, I am leaving, in German, ich do not visit me. Hmm? Once again you will see me. Tomorrow night I am off. I am much needed in Constantinople, then in England, there to prepare two inventions which you will have in the next century, trains and steamboats. What? He just said, sorry, I have to go invent trains and steamboats. I'm going to be in Constantinople and then England. You'll see me when you see me. And so they, <laughs> when did they write this? That would have been, I don't know, I, when he was alive for confirmed alive. Hmm. Uh, like he would just show up at his friend's apartments and be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? I actually have to go. I just got a call that I'm needed in Constantinople by the forces of the universe. And I also have to invent trains. Do you so. know if they wrote, I'm sorry. Do you know if they wrote down the names trains and steamboats at the time? Trains, the planes, trains, and no, automobiles? No, because this is a quote from the 1933 edition. So the oh. guy, okay, yeah, yeah. So this is a quote from the guy writing the intro to the 1933 edition. I'm not sure if there are like letter I documents of that. I am obsessed with this. And I also have one more. This is uh, one of the quotes that I honestly didn't find anywhere else, and that's crazy to me. But this is on. I, I linked to the wiki quote. There are lots of more crazy things that people have said about the Comte de Saint Germain, but again, from Manly P. Hall in the intro to the Most Holy Trinisophia of Comte de Saint Germain. 
In one of his tales concerning vampires, St. Germain mentioned in an offhand way that he possessed the wand or staff with which Moses brought water from the rock, adding that it had been presented to him at Babylon during the reign of Cyrus the Great. The memoir writers admit themselves at a loss as to how many of the cons- statements could be believed. His information was of such precise nature and his learning so transcendent in every respect that his words carried the weight of conviction. Once while relating an anecdote regarding his own experiences at some remote time and suddenly failing to recollect clearly what he considered a relevant detail, he turned to his valet and said, Am I not mistaken, Roger? The good man instantly replied, Monsieur le Comte forgets that I have only been with him for 500 years. I could not, therefore, have been present at that occasion. It must have been my predecessor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The other guy was also 500 years old? His valet had supposedly been working with him for over 500 years. So that's just a little thing that people don't seem to... I mean, again, this is this is by someone writing the like intro to the 1933 edition, and I don't know how clear those sources are, but that's a badass fucking story. To be like, oh, God, what was it that happened? And be like, oh, I've only been with you 500 years. I think that's before my time, so you'd have to ask my predecessor. Like, what a fucking exchange. Absolutely batshit crazy. So What, what a you... humble brag also. Yeah. I'm a fan of the valet. Yeah, valet, also, you valet. think you're you think you're fucking better than us saying valet instead of valet? Yeah, it made me uncomfortable. I already you know pronounced what? I think too you many words Frenchly. To us. <laughs> I pronounced too many words Frenchly, and uh, you did a great job with yeah. the female names. Also. Always, always. Thank you so she always, much. Max always prefaces it with my 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 French is going to be garbage, or like my Italian is not up to snuff. And meanwhile, I'll say like Irish names way wrong. Cause mm. like, what is it, Pat Trick? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, huh, Ramin? Pad Rick. <laughs> this one's spelled with a D, so I am lost. <laughs> Sayors Renan. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Sayors Renan. Um, I also, autonomous. <laughs> I also immediately before we recorded this, Janie, I asked Janie, "Have you heard of the Camp de Saint Germain?" And she said, "I've only heard of it in that episode that you did about the Casket Girls." So you can go back in sort of the story to the episode that I did on the Casket Girls, and I did mention the Camp de Saint Germain. You did. Um, I have the memory of a steel fox. But during this, huh? No, I said that right. Um, questioning me on my own podcast (laughs) during this time in the late 1800s early 1900s when the practice of theosophy was being founded it was said that this immortal saint germain had traveled to the americas to help with the founding of theosophy and the first place that he went was to new orleans at the same time there's records of a man appearing in new orleans as again a very similar figure with an uncanny memory of events that he couldn't have possibly been alive for many languages incredibly charming very handsome uh wild connections and wealthy beyond reason with no reason you know he was at a party and there is a police report of a woman who ran to the police precinct in a panic because she had been at this party and she had been alone on a on like a balcony with the man known as Jacques Saint Germain. (laughs) And she said that they had been talking and then like a horrifying look had passed over his eyes and he had lunged for her throat and tried to bite her. And she ran all the way to the police precinct. So that's just a, like a new Orleans thing that they, you know, maybe the Comte de Saint Germain went to new Orleans and also he was a vampire. Who's to say just a fun little thing. Um, So I've linked to that article also in the show notes, but just a little, just the, you know. the episode is 34, Bore Meets World, My Life as a Teenage Casket Girl. Yes. Episode 34. Incredible name. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tell you. your friends. <laughs> yeah, so that's potentially the Comte Saint-Germain. Here's my theory, right? After having reviewed all of this evidence, some of it's pretty far-fetched, right? No. Um, no. So I've come up we with... We believed it wholeheartedly with I open believe. arms. Yep. <laughs> I hope we meet him. I also hope so. But here's my theory. I think... But he's not welcome in our home. I would like to point that out right now. You're not welcome in our home. She made eye contact with me. That needs to be noted. (laughs) I just felt like he was about to welcome into our home. (laughs) I need to know. There's no welcome invitation here and there never will be. Unless you're David Blaine. No, he's not welcome in our home either. I've already told you this. David Blaine more so is not welcome in our home. Yeah, I would I am rather have one than the other. I don't, I'm David, afraid to say if you're loud. listening to this, you have a safe place here. You don't, David Blaine. You guys will meet at a bar and like Alex can suck your dick over there, okay? You can't come your here. Magic dick. <laughs> now watch dick. it disappear. <laughs> what if he says that before he has sex every time? I hope so. No, Alex, no. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right, go ahead. So my theory. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my theory, right? He was working with Louis the Fifteenth and with Prince Charles and all of these like kind of major players, and they were all kind of handing money to him for ventures that really don't seem like things that the royalty would be invested in. Yeah. Unless he was promising them something more. Like the elixir of life. For example. (laughs) Um, So he has all these laboratories. He's also said to always travel with like a traveling laboratory wherever he goes, presumably for the production of jewelry and dyes. However, you know, likely to his reputation, more probable that it was for like alchemical experimentation. So here's what I think happened. I think that in 1784, when he supposedly died, and again, I want to communicate how very sudden that seems in his story, where it seems like he is fine. And then suddenly he is reported as dead and buried and all of his things that he didn't care about were auctioned off. Mm -hmm. Just want to say that again. I think that he found something. I think that he found a way And I think that that's the reason why he still pops up. And that there are also, like, again, accounts of him with George Washington and him in New Orleans in the 1800s and everything like that. There are accounts up to, like, fairly modern era, up to the 1940s, of people seeing him and meeting with him and everything like that. So I think that he figured something out. And then I think that he went underground, especially with the fall of the royalty and everything like that across Europe. I think that, you know... What are you thinking? Okay. So what year did he die? 1784. I would like to point out, Rasputin was born in 1869, supposedly. Pale man with dark hair. Died in 1916 at the age of 47. I, if we're going with this theory. Entirely possible. I think he was Rasputin. I think he eventually made his way to. Poison hanged. Yeah. (laughs) Do we have proof, proof, proof that he was dead or did they get rid of his body? I can never remember. For the Rasputin. I don't think they have his body anywhere that they know of, but I could be wrong. You're bringing up a picture of him? I'm going to keep up a picture of Rasputin. This fits the description. It does. Except for the handsome part. (laughs) This is the man from the 70s who claimed to be the Comte de Saint-Germain, and this is a painting of the Comte de Saint-Germain. Well, that's just David Bowie. It does not him. It's not the same nose. Not the same nose, but a similar everything else. White man with dark hair for sure. I mean, he's obviously wearing a (laughs) wig in this, right? That guy does look a lot like him. Yeah, so I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that this could be. I also think he looks a little bit like Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. You think everybody looks like Michael Sheen. I Guys, think a lot, a lot of people back. look like Michael Sheen. <laughs> That's not true. The amount of times Max brings up Michael Sheen. <laughs> Twice. In this episode. Once. What? What? <laughs> Were you just thinking about Michael Sheen this whole time? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm also thinking about him quite a bit. The amount of times Janie brings up Michael Sheen. Oh my god, this is all. This is a whole switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only real picture that we have of that guy. I think the cop, St. Germain, was Rasputin. And also, <laughs> he went in there, he went there and he gained what's-her-name's trust mm-hmm. by curing her son, or at least making him better with his hemophilia. He had uh, that vial of fucking liquid. Mm-hmm. He, he did something cross, right? to mm-hmm. make him better, which mm-hmm. made the Romanovs trust him enough to keep him around. He also, again, was implicated in the conspiracy that put Catherine the Great on the throne. Fuck. So, who's to say? I Who's to fucking say? I hope we don't meet him if he's Rasputin. <laughs> I don't know. Also, just a fun little fact that I learned today. St. Germain, the liqueur. I kind of thought it was named after him. It's not. Mm. It's named after a neighborhood in Paris. Saint Germain de Pre, I think. But it's also uh, Saint Germain, I thought, was like one of these really old liqueurs that you've had around for like 200 years. It was mm. invented in 2007. Mm. By the Comte de Germain. The Comte de Germain. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, Max, I feel crazy after Great this story. story. Yeah. I feel like I'm going actually insane. That was awesome. I am obsessed with every single facet of this story. I think that the Comte de Saint Germain. Regardless of any of the rumors about him, again, I would like to come back to the fact that I think he lied his way into history. Even from the most, like, yeah. cynical, like, if you take out all of the weird things from this he story, which is difficult to do. Definitely wasn't a count. Definitely wasn't his a saint. His name was Count. Yeah. Uh, he was like the Tinder swindler. He was a swindler. He was, was a historical, he? he was a historical swindler. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where the yeah. similarities He was a swindler. But, uh, but I think that, well, I mean. he never saw a woman. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. <laughs> Like, really worst and most, re- 
That's the one fact I'm going to remember about him. <laughs> the one thing you got to remember the, about the Count of St. Germain is that he did not fuck. <laughs> did not see women. Casanova was jealous for no reason. <laughs> but he, you know, if you look at, like, just the sheer facts, this is a man who lied convincingly to the, like, upper echelons of society and royals across at least three or four different countries, lied himself into, like, being provided for by royals, convinced people that he knew so much about so much different shit that he became a mythical figure. He is just the best and... (laughs) One of the best liars in history, and yeah. I absolutely love him. Uh, one of the articles that I linked concluded with the idea that they were like, ironically, regardless of whether he did find the elixir of youth or whatever, he did in his own way find a path to immortality, which was by creating a story so ludicrous that it would last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's a cool way to think yeah. of it. Yeah. Just a really cool thing that I like about him a lot. <laughs> Fascinating. Also Great. important to remember, though, that he did not fuck. Yeah. He did. He's never no, seen Oh my god, guys, stop saying that he fucked. Uh, <laughs> Max unless we're talking about Charlie. Him and Charlie had a thing. Also him and Horace Wahlberg. Him and Horace had a thing. <laughs> him, him and Mark Horace. Wahlberg. Him and Mark Wahlberg had a fucking thing. They come to St. Germain and Marky Mark. <laughs> oh my god. Him and Louis. History's couple. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about Louis. Also yeah, him and Louis. Don't forget about I Louis. I think I... Never forget. We're making jokes, but I think he did fuck all these men. I think that he might have... He's never seen a woman because he... He was a gay man. Yeah. Or maybe a bisexual man because Casanova seems to really think he fucked. Casanova was Mm. in the closet. You think? I think he tickled a pickle at least once. Well, that would make him bisexual. I guess he would still be in the closet if you don't want to admit that. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) This episode officially an ally. (laughs) Yeah, so I've linked to all the sources that I used. You can actually find the full free text of Isabel Cooper Bradley. Bradley Cooper. Cooper. You can find the full text to her (laughs) biography of the Comte de Saint-Germain. Again, as dubious as some of the sources may be, it is a fascinating read. I was only able to skim through a bit of it, but it is super interesting to hear the way that she describes his life. And this was written in 1911 towards the beginning of Theosophy. So this is kind of tainted by, not tainted by, but colored by that sort of perspective. But it is incredibly fascinating. And some of the conversations that he is purported to have had are wild. So if you need more uh, Conte Saint-Germain, that's where you should look. Um, and that's linked, uh, the free full text of that book is linked in the show notes. Awesome. Good job. Yeah, thanks. great job. Yeah, fascinating. Alex, thank you hey, for plus. joining us. Uh, thanks for having me <laughs> in my house. <laughs> Guys, uh, send us all of the love and none of the hate on all of our socials. Yeah, Instagram yeah. and TikTok and Twitter, and, Twitter Goodreads. and Goodreads. And there's a Discord. It's all at sort of the story. And there's a link tree in our bios. And of course, in this episode show notes. And you can also email us at sortofthestory at gmail.com if you have anything. If you're the Count of St. Germain <gasps> and you uh, want to see a woman for the first time. <laughs> What's up? up? Here we go. <laughs> I can't wait to show you my boobies. <laughs> it's going to be magical. <laughs> no, this is what they all look like. Stop asking questions. <laughs> They're normal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for hanging out, guys, and learning about the... Uh, this immortal vampire from history. And as always, thank you, Keith. Thanks, Keith, for doing audio editing. And again, thanks to Alex for sitting in. And thanks Hello. to all of you guys for hanging out with us. Okay. And have a great week. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Let's try this again. Hello, and welcome to my but. <laughs> As you check inside her butthole. Get up, butt up, butt up. Oh my god, you just started, man! <laughs>